Nice. Hey, what's up, my dude? Hey again. Hey again. Uh, we're we just got all of our and other stuff out of our system, so we're gonna talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, we are. We're trying to, you know, trim some of the fat. You know, keep it a little more. We're keep trim it, some of the fat. Keep it tight. You know. Give you more episodes, not longer episodes. Yeah, you know, a little more digestible, a little more palatable. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We tried talking about this like a week ago, uh, and I kind of forget, or the other day, uh, we both saw it last Sunday. I remember talking about that. I don't remember everything we talked about the other day. Um, when we tried recording, it had a bunch of issues. Um, so Sean, what did you think about Ant-Man and the Wasp? After more consideration and deliberation amongst myself, I still don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's kind of a, it's very much a middle of the road. The novelty of it being very different from the rest of the movies isn't there anymore. So, Mm -hmm. Because the first one, I feel like that's the reason why it's so enjoyable is because it's kind of a breath of fresh air. But now we're in a we're in a post Thanos world now. Um, yeah. And I was just kind of like, OK, sorry, I'm pouring water into my mouth. He's, he's making some tea. You making some tea? Yeah, I am. I'm I'm adding water into my older cup of tea. Nice. To, little, you know, little, water it down. Little tea, tea remnants. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So remnants. It's a weird, I'm in a weird spot with it where, like, there was a lot of stuff I liked. I liked a lot of stuff in it. But I think I, in my review that I wrote for The Pop Topic, you could check out my reviews on thepoptopic.com. Uh, I think I gave it a 7 out of 10. Hmm. I'm right now of the belief that if I watch it again, I'll probably like it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But... I'm sim- similar where I'm just like, I don't really know how I feel about it because I like a lot of the simple motivations. It's a- as smaller of a movie as it is and everything. Like it's still, <laughs> there's a shitload of stuff going on. God damn it. I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a small <laughs> movie. Uh, God damn it. He's, he's giant man now too. So whatever. Uh, the, uh, it's, it, it's a there's a lot going on and I don't know how much all of those elements are served, but I think that a lot of the emotional stuff that it goes for the movie nails pretty much across the board with like one ish big exception. Uh, I just want to say full spoilers, just a, just whatever. Um, it's I think all the uh, Scott and Cassie stuff him. Paul Rudd and his daughter is great. Oh yeah. And I like, that's probably my favorite part. I like everything with his, his uh, wife and Bobby Carnival, uh, where he's the stepdad, but he's not really an asshole. Like he's, if anything, he's like overbearingly loving towards him. Yeah. It's, it's like uncomfortable now, which is hilarious, but it's never, that's like never really the, like he, Paul Rudd's not super uncomfortable. Like he embraces it. You know what I mean? Like his character embraces it. He never it it's he doesn't just he doesn't not show up for like his daughter at any point. He never fails as a father. Uh if any, he fails as like a partner with the wasp, but it's like even their relationship kind like it shouldn't 
it, it a lot of stuff kind of gets glazed over, but like they just their attraction to each other like works pretty well, and like their partnership I think is like pretty well conveyed. I just I don't know. It, it's they kind of have yeah, yeah this, no they they kind of gloss over like why they it didn't really work out I guess the on, the only explanation is that she didn't get to go to Germany to fight in civil war right and then yeah and then I'm like that doesn't seem like it's enough that, like that's kind of weak no that she's she, it Hope is a character who's like usually angry with people. Yeah. Like she's a pretty anger driven character. Um, and their whole thing was that in the airport battle, he turns into giant man and then he it expended so much energy, him being that big, which I think is like a cool thing that this movie carries over that when the the battle's done and he's asking for orange slices, it's also just because he need like he is so fucking spent from being giant man for like 10 minutes. Uh, he ends up passing out and he falls asleep for three days and that's why they captured him. Yeah. Like he couldn't escape in time. Um, then because of that, Hope and Michael Douglas both also got uh, uh, under surveillance from everyone else because they, they traced everything back and like um, they were now if Scott had any Scott is under house arrest when the movie begins. And if he has any contact with them or does any super heroics or tries to leave the house for any reason, then he's going to actual prison for life. But if he's under house arrest for two years, doesn't do anything. And then doesn't have any contact with anybody. Then he's going to be fine after those, uh, uh, two years. And it's like, uh, that's an interesting concept. I wonder if Hawkeye got the same deal. Yeah. I thought that I liked the, the house arrest stuff was really good because I really liked how he spent his time in house arrest, how to, how he kept himself busy. Right. Like he went all out on the maze for her. Like what they, the scene, mm-hmm. there's the, you know, the opening scene, opening scene, which is, we could talk right. about where, uh, in oh, the, yeah. after that. It does a, it's a Marvel cold open. It's where, a cold open. Yeah. Where DH know, Michael Douglas crit. and not DH Michelle Pfeiffer. Cause she doesn't need any, mm. um, Mm. Still very, mm. still very attractive is what we're saying. <laughs> they do a um, bunch of makeup and she looks like Selena Kyle. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. To quote Wayne's world. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So they're leaving to go stop the missile that's getting launched, which we saw in a well, flashback. They're going in the on first. that mission. Yeah, they're, they're like, going. All right. That missile got launched. Yeah, well, yeah, we it's <laughs> that's what it is, though. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 So they, they but this time we get the dialogue. It's that flashback scene from the first movie of Wasp shrinking down below, in between the molecules of the missile so that she can stop it. But we get the dialogue now because they actually cast a Wasp. Um and you kind of get like a little bit of like you learn a little bit more about that situation and you see them saying goodbye to young hope. Yeah. Uh, D.H. Michael Douglas looked great, too, in this again. He's, mm-hmm. you know, looking real good. Um, real good. The, still the, sounds still sounds like he's 80, but that's fine. Still I, sounds like he's been I, eating I, pussy and, you know, <laughs> getting that throat cancer. Dude, I was going to make a That's reference one. to that. Sean? I was going to make Sean? a reference to that, and I'll save I, it for when it comes up in the plot when we talk about it. Hey, buddy. 
I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's just talk about it right now. There's a part where, spoiler alert, the ghost punches Michael Douglas and their fist phases through his throat. And I've been trying for the last week to figure out, like, what is the pussy eating joke that I can make here? I know. <laughs> I was like, that's the first thought I had. I was like, I was like, oh, she's, she's got his pussy throat by the throat. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Michael Douglas had throat cancer, and that's obviously not he funny. Beat it. He beat it. It's great. It's you know. But what is funny? But what is fucking hilarious is his explanation as to why he got throat cancer, which is from is going down on women. From going down on his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, so much. It's was like it, was it specifically her? Did I he single know, her out I, in that? That's horrible. I if he did, so. like, I don't think. How does that not end a end a marriage? I was say, like if I was if I was Catherine Zeta Jones, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" She's her own supervillain in her own right. Then, in that case, <laughs> there's this ability I have. <laughs> Gross. Uh, I'm so happy. Like I am. So, like once that happened, I was like, "Oh, they got Michael Douglas in the throat." Mm. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I'm gl- I'm glad I wonder though, if Peyton that, Reed like, was like looking at people when they were writing this, like, yeah, right, we're gonna, <laughs> like, we're gonna do that. It does feel like there's a couple bits in this movie that feel oddly specific. Like, there's a, co- and I'll, I'll get to those as we go through it in the plot. But like, there are enough in jokes where it's just like mm, conceivably. Like, well, I also, I didn't realize that Paul Rudd was a writer. He did stuff on the first movie, he, he and I, then movie? I went, I went back and looked at it. And he wrote parts of the, he, he was one of the writers on the first one too. I was like, oh, okay, like that's well, pretty cool. They had to scramble, they're like, yeah, two years or eighteen months because yeah. of the Edgar Wright thing. Adam McKay did some punching up on it yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So Adam McKay, Paul Rudd, and Peyton Reed all kind of added a lot to it. And I think yeah. the main stuff was like the quantum realm shit, and I think that's my disappointment from in between the movies. Um the first movie, I, I, I like no shot in the first movie probably hangs for more than like five seconds. And it feels kind of haphazard and like they had to do X, Y and Z before they like it, it's a movie that by the third act, I think this the second one as well. It's like the first movies, the first chunks of it are like kind of haphazard. But the third act of Ant-Man one is spectacular. It's mm-hmm. one of the better third acts because there's like a, a, a heist, which is like fine. Uh, and then like the yellow jacket fighting is great. And then they go into the quantum realm and then it gets real trippy and weird and it's fun. Uh, but I think it's all stuff that's set up over the course of the movie. It's all just like they set up all these dominoes and then by the end of the movie, they just oops, knock it, knock everything over. Like I just did with this stuff to the side of me. Uh, the, this visual cues, visual cues for visual, visual. audio. Yeah. Yeah, visual cues that weren't even on the camera that I'm using to talk to Sean. Uh, the, um, this movie, though, it's similar, where it's like I felt like the first two acts were a little bit sloppier, and then the third act is great, is pretty fun, because it's just knocking over dominoes. But the my it the first movie felt like they had to do a bunch of stuff, and like it felt like it had the confidence of being like, once we're unshackled with everything that we needed to kind of check off we can really get nuts and get fun with it. And that's what I think the trailers for this one looked. But this movie, I think, also doesn't hang on any shot for longer than five seconds. And it feels like there's there's constant things in the action scenes where it feels like there's like a shot missing. 
Yeah, I got the kind of vibe. I th- I thought the third act was kind of messy. It, like in terms of plot and how it served the plot, it was fine. But uh, yeah. some of the action was a little messy, and it kind of ends abruptly. Yeah. It kind of I'm like, oh, it's over. Okay, and then yeah. and then the falling action's like real fucking fast. Um, yeah, it, the third act it it just kind of fa- comes to a stop real fast. Um, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. There was, I feel like they they used the shrinking stuff better in the first one. I think it was, but it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's the first time we're seeing it, blah, blah, blah. It's not new anymore. So it's kind of hard to like it as much, which is so, why sequels are so hard. And that's why I really think Deadpool was so good was because they nailed the comedy sequel and the action sequel, which is really fucking hard to do um, yeah, on both I, I sides do. of the coin. Yeah, I think the fir- but again, Deadpool. I still think the first half of that movie is a mess. Deadpool 2's first yeah. half is a mess, and like, there's still a lot of stuff I don't love with it. But again, emotionally, a lot of the emotion that they're going for in that movie, they fucking nail. And the second half of it is like so much fun, and it's great that it's like, that's fine. The prison fight with Cable was kind of really poorly edited and well and not well executed. Whatever. This chase it means, scene it's is a means great. to an end. Yeah, yeah it, and it felt like like a lot of the setup for this movie, it just kind of starts like Wasp suddenly just shows up as the Wasp. Yeah, which is fine because she's been doing it in the two or three years in between movies. I like that she's already super fucking she's already better at basically being Ant-Man than Ant-Man. Which is Let great. me ask you a question, Andrew. I mean, she would have been better in the first one. That's the whole point of why she's so mad in the first one, too. She's like, this should be me. Like, I know yeah. what I'm doing. And she, and and she proves it right then, away, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's like, I'm expendable. That's why I'm doing this. Um, that was a great scene. But I, do you think that this movie would have benefited from a Wasp spinoff or like some sort of short film or one something? One shot. Bring the one yeah. shots back. I, you know, no, because the one shot would have been her and Walton Goggins. That's true. Yeah. I, I love Walton Goggins. Can we talk about Walton Goggins? Yeah, he's ridiculous in this. He's like, just the most Walton Goggins I've ever seen. Walton he's a Go- weird like, he out Walton Goggins himself from like a Tarantino movie, which is which is not easy to do. Like <laughs> he's not. It's not. He he walked off set every day and was just sweating. Doctor <laughs> Doctor said, "If I Walton Goggins this hard again, I might never come back." Uh, <laughs> The uh, one of my favorite bits. Uh, he he's like a weird southern restauranteer who also has ties to the criminal underground and is like he's like selling black market tech. It's so components. weird. Yeah, <laughs> unexplained components that they need. Uh, and he tries to fuck over Hope, and then she has to fight all of his goons. And like that fight's great. Or that's probably my favorite sequence. I think. And you can watch that entire scene, which they released online. And that's my other thing with this one. Everything, I didn't watch any of that shit. Yeah. That's why I, I avoid that stuff now. Yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad about it. It, it. When it comes to movies that I'm cautiously optimistic about, I always end up watching all the clips and stuff. And then by the time the movie comes out, I'm just like, oh, I've seen most of uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, um, Kong, a Kong Skull Island. I would have done that where it's just yeah. kind of like, I think this looks good, but I don't know. Let me I just need to be convinced. Yeah. Yeah, and then I see it. I'm like, oh, I've seen everything. Like, it's insane, right? Well, that's like, I'm glad I didn't watch that because I had no idea that Walton Goggins was even in this movie. 
Really? And I was like, oh, shit. I think. Is he? I might have missed it then because I was like, oh, fuck. Walton Goggins is in this. (laughs) This is all good. Um, I love that dude. He's great. Um, He's great. I... I I felt I would have loved because uh, this did feel like a Wasp movie more than an yeah, Ant Man yeah. movie, and that's fine with me. But I also would have like think I I don't know it could have benefited from maybe a little some sort of maybe the prologue being in between the two movies. I th- I don't think you need to retell. I think this movie could have overall benefited from more flashbacks. Yeah, which is hard, which is weird to say, because usually that's the worst thing you can do. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the best scenes in the first movie is the the brief glimpse you get to see of Hank Pym and Janet as Ant-Man and the Wasp, like on the missile, because it's like, oh, yeah. this is kind of cool. And they yeah. don't ha- they're the only legacy characters, I think. Am I wrong in the MCU right now? Other than, well, Black Panther. We get a glimpse yeah. of his dad yeah. in the suit. Um I think you're right. Yeah, but we get the old. We get a, a, an old clip of Ant Man and the Wasp. But like, I want to see that '80s or six. Go, you can go between the '60s and the '80s, and it's a husband and wife super spy team. And I, I've been saying that since, since the first one came out. Where it's like, I want to see uh, what I want to see from one of these. And what I was hoping from this one was like the villain is going to be somebody connected to their path to. Um, Hank and Janet's past and finds themselves entangled with uh, Scott and Hope and you can do a little bit of cross-cutting between. So time it, travel. Yeah. It's like, well, when we fought, not necessarily time travel, but just like, oh, when we fought this person in the 70s, this was their plan and then you can have something that's way more throwback era, 70s styled Marvel but like live action, like a, a fight scene or something like that. And they you can beat- do it. Oh, you could have it do it, have them narrate it like fucking Michael Pena, but it's them <laughs> instead of Michael Pena. Michael Pena does all the research and he learns about this. He's like, oh, let me tell you about this. And then he like <laughs> he does their whole story. No, not so fast. <laughs> it can, that was fucking, such a great fucking sequence also. It's great. But yeah. Uh, there, there's another flashback in this movie where Ant-Man's arch enemy is fucking Egghead, basically. Um, which I think is one of two Egghead villains. That's it. There's a Batman villain, Egghead, and then there's the Ant-Man villain, Egghead. That weird bald-headed dude who's in the flashback with Ghost is Egghead, Ant-Man's biggest oh. enemy. I only learned that from Mr. Sunday movies, like a, a, a thing afterwards. That's a like, good Easter egg. That is, because they name him, they're like Elias Starr or something like that. I'm like, what? I, I remember the boat in Winter Soldier is called something Star. It's like, oh, it's like the new, yeah. Ma- I, it's the new Marion star. That's great. Thanks, Brian, for remembering that. Now, remember to do the shit I have to do at work next time. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Lou Marion star. Thing. Anyway, I thought that it was going to be some kind of reference to that. And then they just kind of keep going. But it's like, no, that's the name of that guy. That's the name. That's Egghead's actual name. Like, embrace the stupidity and the weirdness. Because Ant-Man doesn't have a great rogues gallery. But you can the way you can use it is in those flashbacks like they did with him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because they also introduced Lawrence Fishburne as Goliath. I want to see a flashback to the 70s of Michael Douglas and his wife being a fucking super spy team. And then suddenly a giant Larry Fishburne shows up and is just fucking smashing shit. 
And you can also get away with using the cheesier villains because you could just like say that they're they're trapped in the 60s. Like those cheesy villains are like that's that that kind of exists in this world. Exactly. You you use like Batman. The the show as Mm -hmm. an example of like the 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 dark gritty universe that we're in now came from that cheesy 60s stuff. Don't touch up any costume with CGI. Yeah. Don't if you're going to do shrinking stuff, make a big set. If you're going to do growing stuff, make a tiny set. Like if, if you do it for one sequence where it purposely doesn't look great, it would probably yeah. be the people would probably remember that sequence the most. And yeah. if you did something like that, where it's like a flashback, like Danger extreme. Five, where all the technology they yes. use in Danger Five is like 60s shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Danger Five. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the. uh uh, but if you just like I wanted something like that and then whoever the villain is, it's them either old or it's like now it's a legacy villain who's now dealing with Scott and Hope and they act like they need to work together with Hope's parents in order to like stop them and or, or whatever. Um, yeah, they could still do that. But even the title Ant-Man and the Wasp sounds so throwback that I was still mm-hmm. like hoping it's for that. very B movie, very like 60s no, B it's movie wasp movie, Sean. Bees and wasps are different things. <laughs> Fucking got him. Diddle it you. I'm going to sip my tea. That, pinky that out. earned it. That earned it. Um, Sean, what am I doing out of bed? <laughs> I don't know. What am I doing out of bed? I'm it's podcasting my with my best friend. Oh, um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Um, so uh, let's talk about the actual villain ghost. Um, one of the villains, there's like one. Of, well, uh, yeah, that's true. The, it is yeah. kind of, it is a, secretly a kind of an overcrowded movie. Um, yeah. it's the, I, I thought about it. I was like, this movie was a little overcrowded. Um, yeah, she, I liked her because she's like the purest form of an antagonist and not a villain. Because if you had just told the movie from her perspective, she's not really a bad person. No. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very much like two sides of this, of a different coin, same coin. Yeah. She's coins are involved in this analogy. I think something. (laughs) Yeah. And there's two (laughs) sides of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she, was in an accident with Egghead as a child that left her parents dead and where he was experimenting with the quantum realm. And then that uh, made her molecules phase in and out of, like, physicality, I guess. I don't remember how they ex- completely explain it. Um, so she I don't can remember f- how they explain anything in this movie, dude. Fair. Um, so she can go, uh, she can phase through walls and stuff like that, but she can't really control it. And because of that, she's... 20 or she's in her late 20s or 30s or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm eyeballing it. But the uh, <laughs> she she uh, uh, she can't really control it. And it's slowly she's going to like at the point in the in time in the movie, it's going to kill her unless she's in. She she eventually was found by shield who trained her to be like a black ops agent where she was able to infiltrate places and like attack people somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere like a winter soldier. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, where she was trained and trained and everything. Lawrence Fishburne uh, adopted her um, as his daughter, and he kind of takes care of her and he cares about her. Um, and then she eventually went rogue from that, and she's at this point in the movie, she's just trying to save her own life, kind of thing, and using the skills that she has in order to do that. Um, so she she's really not evil. 
I did hate that at the beginning, it seemed like they like a couple of characters were like, oh, he went this way. And then she takes off her home. It's like, he's a she like, come on. That's not yeah. a reveal anymore. Yeah, it's I, I did catch that, too. Yeah. Um, ready player. It's not ready player one. Steven Spielberg's still living in the 80s, so he could get away with it. Um, I can't believe he put in the line, you're a go. <laughs> I mean, that's going to um, be our new segment. You're a go. <laughs> <laughs> we, have to, we have to do a segment, by the way. We got to do a what's PJ up to at the end oh, of this. Oh, we do. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because he is up to something. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, um, one, so here's, here's like an overall uh, observation I had about this movie. And I don't know if it's, I, if it's a thing I like or a thing I don't like. Paul Rudd is basically, he's the audience surrogate in both movies. Yeah. But more so in this because, and he, he addresses it, which I'm kind of glad he does. Um, He's like, are you guys just like putting quantum in front of everything? And it's like a thing. And I'm like, thank you. Like someone finally said it because it was getting so ridiculous. The pseudoscience in this movie is so ridiculous and just nonsense. And he addresses it. And I'm like, okay, at least someone addresses it in this movie because I was just like, this is so. They try and explain with science. Why? And I'm like, shut up. There's, <laughs> there's a point early on in the movie. Paul Rudd is stuck at home where he's learning magic and he's going and he's creating like mazes for him and his daughter out of cardboard, which we were sort of talking about in the beginning. Um, and which is great. I was yeah. just waiting for the when they take the thing. I was like waiting for him to put a bag. of sand. I was like, that's <laughs> fucking perfect reference opportunity. dude. <laughs> Boss uh, baby did it. That's why it's the best movie. Fuck off. <laughs> You got you got the ref in. Good job. Buddy. I got it in. Um, got it in. Uh, you completely derailed my train of thought. He's he's just trying to keep himself busy. So he, he like he's like learning the drums. He's he's uh, doing close up magic, which I really was hoping was going to be more of a thing with him. Because like yeah, everyone's you amazed. said that the last time when we tried to record it. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. Because like Ant Man's a again because we didn't have, we don't have this recorded. Ant Man is a character who should he relies mostly on misdirect, right? Because he's it's yeah. he's like a spot he's like a stealth character, but he can shrink and grow and and everything like that. Like he needs to rely on surprises. If he can do close up magic and also has the ability to like actually shrink stuff and technically make it disappear, like use that somehow. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, yeah. all he does is make his suit real big and inflated. Which distracts a couple of guard, like, which distracts Kim Jong Un from <laughs> fucking what's uh, his name, Randall Park. Randall Park, um, at the end, who is the FBI agent who has been dealing with his house arrest, uh, it distracts him for like two seconds, and then the suit just shrinks down, and then an ant catches it, and they fly away, and then like there's no cons- it it delays them for so little time. Like if he just shrunk down and flew away on an ant, like it, yeah. Yeah, it saves, serves the same purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they could have done a little more with, like I mentioned it before, with his house arrest and him keeping himself busy. Mm-hmm. You had the perfect opportunity for a Tom Sawyer reference when he's playing drums. Why are you not 
referencing Rush there, like him trying to learn Tom Sawyer on drums. That is fucking the lowest hanging fruit of all time, Paul Rudd. And you wrote this movie. There's no excuse to not have this fucking in there. At least have the amp do it at the very end. When they yeah. playing the drums, <laughs> and the fucking emergency alert system is fucking yeah. <laughs> so dark, and then just like dark. blaring Tom Sawyer. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Exit the warrior today, is Tom Sawyer. Um, <laughs> it would have been great if that was the mid credit scene, and it was just the ant continuing to do all of the drum solo, like a crazy rust drum solo, while the rest of the credits are playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why the fuck not? He's using all the arms, his arms and legs to do it Uh because Neil Peart has seven arms and legs. That's a fact, everybody. Um, Uh, Yeah, I just I thought there were like some fun Paul Rudd jokes that could have carried over into that. That were obviously it's Marvel. They're probably like, no, we're not doing that. But it's just. I was like, ah, oh, it was so close to giving me that fucking yeah, that tasty treat that I didn't get, and I was just like, oh. really reference other people's movies though. That's what I'm. Well, I was like, if you're gonna, it's like you got to do Paul. Like Paul Rudd is the guy to do it, and Same. these movies are the movies to do it. Yeah. Nick Fury's headstone, I think, has the um, Ezekiel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also the love Bible verse, which isn't an actual Bible verse. Yeah, I also um, love his headstone though. It's uh, his birth year. It's like it's I think it's like nineteen. Right? Yeah, it's like nineteen, and I think it's obscured from that point on, or it's like his death year is obscured, or something like that. Like that's yeah. that's that is such a good fucking idea. I don't know who the hell did that, but I'm like, that's good. Don't date it. Spider Man Homecoming did it. It fucked everything up, uh, logically. Where it's like I feel like if they ever re release that on Blue, just like years later. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why they didn't even do it the first time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Obviously, it's like fan bias, and I just want Paul Rudd to be as Paul Rudd as possible. And he does, he does Paul Rudd it up pretty frequently in this. Mm-hmm. But I think the first Ant Man, I feel like a lot of the shit either he didn't take it seriously or like he was just like like the ADR in the first Ant Man is so laughably bad and it's almost like that's where it toes the line of being like a wet hot where yeah. he's just like specifically he's like, like the ADR going to was s- worse than this. I don't I didn't notice it and I noticed. I the only thing I'm saying is like I noticed it in the first one yeah. where I was like he he's like trying to get out of the bed and the fire ants or whatever those those bullet ants are on the ground. He's like, "How am I going to get around this?" And like that's how it sounds. It's just like so bad. It's so good though. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh man, how am I going to get around this? That fucking Paul Rudd. Went, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, like that's what's so. But that's why I was like, "Come on, like, give me, give me the, give me the sauce, baby, give me the sauce." Uh, but like, Ant Man, he can, they can put in whatever he wants to say after the fact because yeah. he has the helmet on. The only thing you can see is his eyes. And one thing I really like with the Ant Man helmet design is that depending on the angle you look, like it, his eyes, his actual eyes through the eye holes of the suit look like weird pupils of the eye holes, and it it always kind of looks like he's cross eyed. Like, he, he looks so fucking goofy, <laughs> which I think is a really fun design. Whoever thought of that, it's a pretty fun design choice. But uh, him and Wasp's banter while they're, like, going on missions and, like, saying stuff together is, like, it's not good. And it just really sounds like it's they were just talking over 
it, it doesn't feel connected at all to the action and the scenes that's happening in this. Uh, and I was just thinking about this compared to like Cap and Scarlett Johansson in Winter Soldier. Don't do that because then it'll pull me out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's bad. Yeah, well, Winter Soldier's probably also the best movie that Marvel's done. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think overall, just quality of a film. Like, yeah. yeah, Infinity War is really great, but it also, the entire movie relies on you seeing every other movie. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part. Not every single one, but Winter Soldier kind of is on its own. Yeah, a really good film. Like it's a yeah, it stands on its own solid. two feet. Um, it could just be Captain America is just yeah. It, they just found this guy, they unfroze him, and now he does missions, and then stuff starts going wrong. There's not really even talk of New York. I don't think anybody even references the Avengers in that one. That's one where like they they re- reference the other Avengers, but not the events. The biggest thing, and this is actually not even the Russo brothers' idea or fault, is the helicarriers. And that's because the execs at Marvel, I remember reading this article, they were like, we just, however you can get us there to three helicarriers falling from the sky, that's what we want to see. And that's obvious. And that makes sense because it's cool, but it also is like a very big leap from where the rest of the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything's pretty grounded and like spy thriller. And then there's just like three fucking massive CGI explosions. And it's, it's a triangle like, of explosions, shooting explosions at each other. That's what the, yeah, that's exactly. what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a pretty big escalation. They're perfectly it's, it's, in a triangle. It's weird. Cause you know, Illuminati. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to compare the two, but I'm just saying like, there isn't as fun of a banter there where like they should be. Well, no, I think it's, I think that's the perfect movie to compare it to honestly yeah. in the MCU. Cause like, cause it's the most standalone movie. Yeah. But like there should be more of like a romantic reconnection banter there between the two of them while they're like doing missions. Like I didn't feel that at all. No. I didn't feel any romance at all between the two I, of them. I guess that's fine. I did a little bit. Like there's a couple scenes where they slow down for it and it's like, She's just legit. Like in the truck? Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of stuff yeah. where she's just like legitimately like, attra- like she's just attracted and infatuated with him. I'm like, well, oh, that's cute. But like, yeah. I thought there would have been a bigger thing with him telling Cassie basically that he's like got a girlfriend. I don't know how that works being like a dad, but I, I figured that would be like she would want to meet her. You know what I mean? Like, like, not. I feel like they could have done something where it's like she now, Cassie now, she maybe was a little apprehensive. She was excited, but a little apprehensive about meeting her, and then like finds out who she is. Caesar kicks some ass at some point, and he's just like, "Oh shit!" Like she's the fucking coolest. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. You could have done something for strong female characters and whatnot and role models, but maybe they're saving that for three. I don't, I don't know if, if there even is going to be a three, but I'd still see it. I still think they, there can be a great one of these, which is insane, but, and it, it, there's a scene at near the end of this after they get Janet out of the quantum realm and they help ghost where it's Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Michael Pena, I think. Um, Ghost. I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head. And Larry Fishburne. It's seven people run out of a building together. And I'm like, fucking A. Like, 
he's secretly like Ant-Man, like the, one of the best things about him as a character is like he's kind of quietly is maybe the strongest Avenger. Like he's debatably the most powerful one, but he's a fucking dumbass. And then he, tech, he kind of has a whole fucking team behind him, even in his solo movies. Like it's not just him and Wasp. Mm-hmm. It's like there we could have had something where it was two Ant-Men and two Wasps fighting somebody. Like we don't even get that. You know what I mean? Like there's no. Yeah, it does. It It is a crowded movie and he doesn't feel like the main character in the movie no. at all. I feel like there's... it's like more of a it's more of a Wasp and a Janet, not Janet, Hope and Michael Douglas movie. Yeah. They kind of, and he's like an accessory. He's like a means to their end. I almost would have loved. I almost would have rather seen the like just follow those two from the start then, and then just Paul Rudd calls them, and then you can kind of like I don't know bring them in for like the last action. You scene can have Michael Pena barrel through the exposition of what he's been up to for the last two years, which is like <laughs> front loaded. And then it's mostly him being bored and they started a business and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then it can, it's well, Paul Rudd would be like, well, I mean, that's, I wasn't doing nothing. Like <laughs> I wasn't, <laughs> and he just like whips out a card. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I also, I think, all right, let's talk about that too. Cause this movie is a very crowded movie yeah. secretly. Um, we, we started I, talking about this we ta- and we talked, yeah, it's so there's this whole other side plot. Let's with go over the side plots. Michael Pena, Marcus Schiff from the dark Knight. He's, he's the crazy person in the dark Knight. That's the only, and he's also in blade runner 2049. Um, oh, fuck. I keep, I still yeah. really watch that. What am I doing? He's in a lot of movies. Um, I like him. He's weird. His name is Marcus Schiff. <laughs> he's paranoid schizophrenic. Um, <laughs> Yep. Yeah, no, it's fucking him. No, He's and then uh TI who they're fucking hilarious. Uh they have this business that's like a surveillance camera uh system, like security systems yeah. and it's called Xcon, mm-hmm. like the letter X and then Con's kind of funny. Mike, Michael um, Payne is their boss. Paul Rudd and they're yeah, he's just kind of there. No, he sets up he's the one who details what all the security things need and then the other two are just kind of like the lackeys and like they're the ones I guess who install yeah. everything and do all the other grunt work. Um, and they, they're trying to get the Dick Ricker account. Um, that's another reused joke from the last one. Uh, or, or the Ferrigno estate, if you will, there's basically this one person that they're trying to nail. Otherwise the business goes down. Like they're, they're hemorrhaging money. They have no mm-hmm. money. Um, to the point where Michael Pena flips out of them for buying Entenmann's, which was kind of, yeah. that's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a lot of good shit with that all that whole yeah. thing, but like, Penny's great. Penny can do it. Penny is one of those actors who can do it all. First of all, he yeah, can comedy, yeah, he can do drama, he can do whatever the fuck you need. It's great. Yeah, he's great. He's <laughs> the fucking wig he has and the flashback <laughs> when, when he's retelling this. <laughs> oh fuck! I just remember that. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, I like I like that Michael Pena's like storytelling scenes are the equivalent to like the Quicksilver scenes. <laughs> like, oh, people really like this yeah. one sequence. No, let's do it even crazier. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> and like have the actors like even more uh, like acting yeah. it. Uh, it's like drunk history in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what, it, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> it, it's 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 like a little break from like the movie, and he gets oh, shot up so with truth because well, he's also. Yeah, because he's on like a truth serum, so he's just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, where's Scott weird, at? Like, he's MK like, Ultra. Oh, like emotionally? 
That's funny. Uh, uh, and then that guy's like, it is true serum. There's this whole like it's true side running exist. gag of yeah. it's. He's like, it's not true serum. It makes you more suggestive bull or whatever. And he's like, no, it's true serum, man. Like, you're going to make me tell the truth. And he's like, it's not truth serum. And then he gets shot with it at the end. And they, they reveal their whole plan to the cops. And he's like, wow, it is true serum. Yeah. It's good. It's a good Only payoff. One it is a good payoff. <laughs> it's not, not safe. Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. I thought there were three. Maybe not. Maybe I've missed know. that. I don't remember. That is pretty. That's, Come on, that's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so subplots: you have Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's main focus in this movie is he. So not getting yeah, caught. Well, he has a dream while he's hanging out that is him back in the quantum realm, and then he has a. Then it's him in Janet Van Dyne's brain during a flashback of her playing hide and go seek with um, Hope. Where there's a really funny bit later where it's like Hope is like really dramatically realizing where it's like, oh my god, that wasn't a dream. That was a memory uh, that my mom that my mother had. Where it's like, who was the little girl? It's like, where was she hiding? I don't know, in like a in like a uh, it was like a stand-up closet, like a wardrobe? No, it was like a stand-up closet. It's a wardrobe. All right. Uh and then <laughs> uh it's like, well, what was on the wardrobe? It's like the, he just keeps describing it, and then uh <laughs> Hope's just like, Oh my god, that little girl was me. I would always hide in there every time we played hide and go seek. And she starts crying. It's real dramatic. because She's realizing that like it's her mom. And Paul Rod's just like, I don't think you're really getting the, I don't really think you understood how the game works. <laughs> that was funny. Cause like, she doesn't even acknowledge it at all. It's just like, it's, yeah. yeah, he he undercuts a lot of emotional moments in both movies, which is like, Good. and it's, it's done really well though. It's done really yeah. well. Like when they're both like talking about, in the first one, he's like, this is great. We're healing, you know, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're coming together. I, I liked this like, one up. a lot because it was just like, what an insane reason for her to know it. And also just like, like any other movie would maybe glaze over that. He's like, wait, what are you doing? What? Like, he's also kind of making fun of her like a little bit. Like, that's not how you play. I can go seek. Like, I thought that was really funny. Um, and he's like, I was inside your wife or whatever, and or something. He's like, I was. He says something yeah. like that. And he's like, well, not like that. Yeah, like, yeah. and then she comes through the quantum realm and embodies and him. And Paul he's, Rudd, that, that was, was a really great bit. Scene. That was Paul Rudd is Michelle Pfeiffer scene. for a little bit. Um, and even that scene, like Hope and Hank talking to her for the first time through Paul Rudd, like emotionally, it all works. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even yeah. even as we're talking about this movie more, like there's time there's parts of it where I'm like I'm still frustrated by that, but then like there's other things I really like. I don't know. I think yeah, it it balances like it's a weird thing where like this is one of the few blockbuster type summer movies where like the emotional and character driven stuff works really well, God. and like that's not the problem. I just realized what it is. This is a great TBS movie. <laughs> I could lose a whole Sunday afternoon watching this on TBS. Yeah. yeah this is a TBS movie. Well, it's so it's and like that's credit to Paul Rudd too of like selling that scene with it it being equally funny but also not being ridiculous. Yeah. It it's it is it is conceptually ridiculous, but that's such a hard line to walk Excuse of me. it not being laughable mm-hmm. in a bad way where it's funny and like you're like Haha, he's acting like a woman that's hilarious it's, and then like yeah they they told but it's also it's not like comically like this is terrible no they play 
That's a really that's a really hard scene they to play pull off. Completely genuine, and like neither of the two of yeah. them are just like. No one is like making fun of Scott for like, oh, you were a woman for a second. Like they don't do anything stupid like that. Like it's just there's a couple funny points where he like w- is warmly touching everybody, uh, like Michael yeah, Douglas. Like and, they, yeah, they, he's like caressing their faces. Yeah, they don't do yeah. a kiss or anything like that. And like that, that would have been that almost would have made sense, but that it would have been the wrong choice. Um, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. And they're explaining all the pseudoscience where it's like, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, the pseudo, that's like the biggest problem I had with this. But they also were aware of it. It's self-aware. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's like, this is fucking what? Like, Cause again, as, I, as I've been trying stupid. to point out, they try and use science to explain why Paul Rudd has a dream of that is him and Michelle Pfeiffer's mind body, uh, which... The reason is they opened the quantum realm very briefly, and that's what made him have that vision. And he's still connected to the quantum realm. And they, it, it's quantum entanglement. Like, what are you saying, Larry? Larry Fishburne? <laughs> what are you saying to me? Uh, it's it's insane. Um, so yeah, so the Michelle Pfeiffer thing and Janet's trapped in the quantum realm. Like, that's another fucking subplot. So. <laughs> Scott's whole thing is he has two more days of house arrest. And if he leaves the house, then he goes to jail forever. He just needs to, like, stay in the house for, like, two more days. Uh, After he has the dream, uh, Hope shows up, tranks him, and he wakes up in a car. And then she switched him with a giant ant in his apartment, which is just doing all the things he would be doing all day anyway, to fool the feds. I liked that his whole thing was he just wants to go home just to finish his fucking sentence and doesn't want to like fuck that up for him. Get caught. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a simple motivation. So that's one. Uh, Hope and Michael Douglas want to get Janet out of the quantum realm. That's two. Uh, Walton Goggins hates the wasp and wants to steal their lab. That's three. Lawrence Fishburne wants to protect. Oh yeah, by the way, Lawrence Fishburne ends up being evil, sort of, or an, an antagonist because he, him, and Hank Pym yeah. had a falling out. He wants to take care of Ghost. That's another Ghost wants to make sure that she's alive, and in order to do that, she kind of needs the lab. That's five. Michael Pena running a business. That's six. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? <laughs> No, I think that's it. Yeah, there's six, and then there's like the other. Well, then there's Wu, who is Randall Park, who basically just wants to keep Scott. He like the F. I would say the the FBI trying to catch him is number seven, because that keeps mm-hmm. coming up. Um, and then Judy Greer trying not to just be the thankless wife role in a movie is probably uh underscored point eight, but no, there's like seven main plot threads in this movie and it's, it's fucking overstuffed. I mean, it's good. It's just like, well, it's, I don't know. None of them really get serviced. Like Walton, like, yeah, the, I think they could have, as much as I love Walton Goggins, they probably could have done without that. Yeah. He could have just been an opening boss fight for them. A cameo. Yeah. Like a, like a, a small, not even cameo. It was just like a small yeah. role. And then that's over. It's, it's or, over and done with. They fought him. He's or, done. 
and that's what I think the movie was going for was more of a Blues Brothers vibe, though. But I don't think they get that. Like, just keep stacking the odds Mm. against them more and more and more and more, and then it's a chase movie ultimately. But I don't know. They don't really with some great songs. What's up? Yeah. Some great songs. But like, because then at the end of the movie, it's mostly Walton Goggins' goons chasing them. And I don't remember the FBI, FBI is also in that car chase. It's mostly just the goons. And then like Ghost. Yeah. You could have thrown the FBI in so that they have three. Where shit just hits the fan. Everything stacks up. Yeah. And then. Yeah, like you could have done, I don't know, there could have been something more there. I don't know. Yeah, there's like, there's a lot in this movie, but like you don't really need to change a lot for it to work mm-hmm. better. You could just make some minor tweaks here and there. You could just have Walton Goggins just show up mm-hmm. at the end. You don't even have to have him keep popping up throughout. You could just have him have that kind of, you think it's over and done with, and then he just shows up mechanical at the end. Like, ah. suit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought I was gone, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I was like yeah. McConaughey, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause like they don't really have a satisfying antagonist to defeat. Like, but you know what? They, they don't even kill any of the villains. Like they don't finish anybody off. Like I, I kind of like that. I, I like, really that, like that now that I'm thinking about it. Like there's not like a big Scott also in Murder. at the end and throughout the movies in like a, uh, a faulty Ant-Man suit. So he's like growing real big or growing to like a, there's a part in a school where he grows and he's like three feet tall. That was fun. Oh my God. That was great. I yeah, forgot about fun. that. Um, well, like I, I like this because no one really deserved like Walton Goggins maybe, but like no one Corey's Corey stole deserved to yeah, he die was trying in to, that. Like he was, he was, he was evil, girl. Yeah. but like, yeah, like, but no one in this was like straight evil except for I guess Walton Goggins. Yeah, but we don't even see him necessarily murder anybody. Go ghost? No, he's just a he's just a shady business guy. Like that's really it. And like he gets his comeuppance, he still gets arrested. Ghost was about to go use Cassie as a way to hurt Scott, and then Lawrence Fishburne talks her out of it. It's basically just like if you mm-hmm. even think about it for a second, I'm gone and I'm not going to help you. And if anything, I'm going to go do anything I can to like stop you. Um, so yeah, even Go- ghost had killed a lot of people in the past, but it was like her job kind of thing. So there's not a, yeah, it was like Winter soldier. It's like, here it's sympathetic. You're like, eh, it wasn't really, it was like not, she did it under pressure from a bigger power yeah. kind of thing against her will. Yeah, there's, yeah, no one really dies. It's pretty light. Because they dangle like a, f- a false carrot in front of her, like they would fix yeah, her or something. Was. And then they never did. And uh, and then they just like, they probably, she also probably justified it because she probably was killing bad yeah. people, quote unquote, but, or enemies of S.H.I.E.L.D., which are depending on mm-hmm. what, what members of S.H.I.E.L.D. she was dealing with. Because mm-hmm. Hydra. Mm-hmm. Now nah, I feel you. That's something you could explore, yeah. actually. I don't know. That's I, don't know. I think yeah, Ghost is maybe going to be... Like, if Ant-Man suddenly has a team in the next movie, sure. Yeah. I'm on board. 
It's it's like they do like the the dolly across. It's Ant Man, the Wasp, Lawrence Fishburne, Ghost, Douglas, and then Michael Pena. Pena Douglas, and then like Michael Pena. It, it just gets more and more ridiculous as the line goes down, and it's just like it's they're just wearing their like blue security team hats. <laughs> oh, they address the the disguise. Yeah, this is really funny. They address the, they I was like finally they did it. He's like what hats and glasses yeah. this is going to work. Like, like we're going to go undercover like a Giants game. Like who cares? Like uh and then there's a point though where they to get out of like a police station, he gives Michael Douglas like a hat and glasses. It's like and it's like perfect. This is all I need. Like somebody says something along those lines. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, this is a terrible disguise, and I was like, thank God they like because they did it, and I was like, really, yeah. they're doing it again? And then they said, that's the thing. Like it's like weirdly, this movie is really like pretty meta in a lot of ways. He's like not quite when the you, Deadpool of the MCU, but like there's the there's a. It's, there's a couple it's of close. It toes yeah. the line. Yeah. It, there's a couple of jokes that you're like, okay. Cause like they, and they, and they, they time it really well where you're like, especially when he does the quantum joke where he's like, do you guys just put quantum in front of everything? Cause I was like literally thinking that I was like, they're just putting quantum in front of everything and it's really yeah. annoying. And no one's addressing that this is insane. And then Paul Rudd finally does. I like that he had the um, one idea that helped. It's like, well, if, we did this, and we could do that. Uh, but that was like, then they, I guess they had to destroy his Civil War suit. Because the, he, he. No, he didn't. No, and then he they went didn't, to the school though. to go get. So they needed, Paul Rudd also said that he had destroyed the Civil War suit so that the government couldn't get it. Then he reveals that he actually shrunk it down and mailed it to uh, Michael Pena. Uh, Hank was like, "What? You mailed it?" He's like, "Yeah, I mean, the postal service is good. They got tracking numbers. They're like UPS now." Uh, <laughs> and then he <laughs> shrunk it down and hid it in a trophy that he gave to Cassie, who was going to use it for show and tell. And so that's that's when they have to go to the school. But like, so he, I don't know. It's 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 weird because like he's in a faulty suit the whole time, which is really just like there. So like now he can't grow or shrink right and like it'll just be kind of randomly too big or too small and it's like I don't know that that's it I don't know so I think they destroyed the working suit which is the Civil War one right to I create a so. tracker for ghost or something <laughs> whatever uh, <laughs> let's talk let's talk about things <laughs> in the third act because that car chase was pretty good yeah, no, there was some great – when they shrink down and they're driving the small car and then like Pena, they give Pena hot the box wheels. of – it's like a box of Hot rod, uh, hot Wheels, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's – it's that yeah. stuff was great. I love when they're like driving and then they like blow the car up and the, it kicks the car mm-hmm. off of them. And they get real small or real flips big. it over. Like, the, like, or they're going to go down a really and, like, windy hill in San Francisco – and they shrink, they shrink down also, so that they're yeah. able to actually do like the turns and stuff. I'm like, that's that's pretty clever. I also love San Francisco as a setting for this movie. Like the first one doesn't feel like it takes place in San Francisco. This one yeah. definitely does. The first one, because the first one mm-hmm. does take place there. It's just you know not really that integral to a lot of set yeah. pieces or mm-hmm. anything, but. I was like, it's not L.A. because a bunch of them take place in L.A. with Tony Stark and all that stuff. And a bunch of them obviously take place in New York. I was like, San Fran's like a cool new place to see in these movies. Golden Gate Bridge? It's doing okay. 
<laughs> and they didn't destroy the Golden That's Gate maybe Bridge. the most amazing thing this movie does. It's a $150 million at least movie that takes place briefly in San, however briefly in San Francisco, and the Golden Gate Bridge is still intact. I, I can't name another movie that's done that. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, it gets pretty beat it's up, but I don't think it completely apes. falls in yeah. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. A helicopter. But Godzilla helicopter does it. On. Godzilla does it. A kaiju does it. Um, of course, that uh, when when the core of the Earth stopped spinning uh, in the solar rays, the solar rays <gasps> burned their the way core. through the, the ozone uh, and they superheated the Golden Gate Bridge, which melted it. I got to fucking rewatch that shit. That movie is so uh, the, great. The one thing I don't, I, I kind of get. We should do a fucking commentary yes, of the core. Yes, yes, add that to the list. Yeah, because that movie is stupid. I'm. I am going to talk for an oh, hour yeah. about. I do not understand why the Roman Colosseum explodes. I don't understand what happens there. <laughs> we'll, we'll save. We'll save that. Com- the birds yeah, just start we'll save popping. That conversation for um, when we do it. Yeah, we're, me and Sean's commentaries are mostly going to be movies between two thousand and five and nineteen ninety five. Two thousand ninety five to two thousand and five. <laughs> Shitty big budget movies. Yeah, because like everyone, everyone's complaining about how every movie nowadays is a big budget movie. But like, we got to look back. We're doing pretty yeah. good. Like most of them are relatively yeah. good. Relatively good um, to like boring. Whereas like, yeah, or yeah, and like that's. But that's why I'm like kind of upset. Like the Nutcracker, I feel like isn't going to be bad. It's just not going to be good, and that's like a problem. Where like. I wish these movies would go for broke and fail miserably, and that way we can have fun making fun of them. That's Whereas, I, like, they're not bad enough to do that yet. You know, man. they fucking swing for the fences on everything that they do. Yeah, uh, and when it works, it's amazing. Yeah. When it doesn't, when it really doesn't work, it's also amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, God, Zack Snyder is the same way. He he he, <laughs> he always really swings to the fences, and goddamn. Sometimes it works. Most of the and times it doesn't. Times it and goes. <laughs> goes. We, should, we should do that, that movie. A, that is a nightmare of a movie. Um, it so is. Dark. It's like really dark. I was like, he, he went for he it. Made a, in a kid's he made movie. his dark epic fantasy. Um, it's just everyone's owls and fucking David Wenham is the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I, I'm kind of I'm gonna look through my notes on uh, Ant Man. I don't think I really have much about else. The quantum realm. Uh, yes, we should so actually. They go, they go back to the quantum realm. Uh, Michael Douglas takes a little submarine and he's in a fucking DC TV show superhero suit uh, when he goes in. Oh my god, I love that it's, suit. That was so good. I, I almost wanted him to just fucking make it the old classic comics goofy ant-man suit like bubble helmet mm. which i thought that uh, yeah i didn't know that that like what that looks like but i assumed that that's what, what it was but it's, i guess not. it's something there where it's like if they did the weird 60s flashback maybe it's like that's the first iteration of his suit like give me that you know uh yeah i did not uh, the quantum realm in the first movie i think i enjoyed more in this one i was just like there's a really weird point where he's shrinking down and he's still shrinking and he's shrinking and he's shrinking. And then there's a bunch of tardigrades, a bunch of water bears, like wobbling around. And he's looking yeah. at him and he's like, wow, 
And like he doesn't they they're about to attack him, but it's mostly Michael Douglas just sitting there being like, any second now, this is going to start moving again. I could really use this to start moving again. And like they just are slowly kind of about to put like their mouths and their weird like little tongue things all over it. And it's just like. It's weird. Why not just maybe make it? There's no excitement there. And then I feel like when he eventually gets shrunk down to where Janet's kind of hanging out, it's mo- isn't it mostly him just kind of like shouting at nothing? Isn't he like, ah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Like, it's- I like the qu- you're right. I like the quantum stuff better. Quantum realm stuff mm-hmm. better in the first one. It's it's weird. Um and like when they meet, when he runs into Janet again, it's like, okay, this is like weirdly yeah. done. And it's not, it f- it's like a lesser version of Dr. Strange. Like at the end when he's with Dormammu, it looked like that, but worse. It's, a, it's like that, but more annihilation-y. Like every, everything's kind of like, yeah, going like up, up. Trust me, it makes sense. Uh, it's it's the opposite of. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and like she shows up and it's she's in like her suit. She took the helmet apart, so it's just like an oxygen mask. You don't need the helmet when you're down there, apparently. Um, she looks like it's like Mad Max Fury roaded her. One of her wings costume. has been turned into like a staff. It's real weird, and we get zero explanation of what it's been like down there. We get zero explanation of what happened to her down there. We get zero explanation of how she survived down there. What did she eat? Did she, like, it's kind of implied. I guess she just fed off the energy, the raw energy that's down there, because that evolved her. She talks about evolution happening down there. Everyone's just kind of cool with it and rolls with it. Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's like really no consequences yeah, and then at all. She shows up and can emit. She keeps saying that it's like the light, which is kind of like ego's whole thing. And then she just kind of mm. like touches ghost and is able to give her quantum realm energy, which stabilizes her, at least for now. But cut to the, the post credit scene uh, and they're collecting batteries of quantum energy Um and Scott's like, yeah, another battery for our ghost friend. So, like, again, is ghost on their side now? Like, what? Um, yeah. yeah, I guess so. And uh, all right, talk about. All right, so I just wanted to. I was laughing. I was looking at my notes. I wrote one of my notes. Ghost went for the pussy cancer throat. We both were thinking it, man. Oh, that's great. That's how I laughed because that was the first thing I thought of. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. I want to get that arm out of there. You might get (laughs) pussy throat cancer. Um, So (sighs) post credit scene. I predicted this. I don't know if I did it on the show, but I remember talking about it at work. I was like, I would fucking love if during I wish it happened during the movie in the third act where like they're just like, mm. in the thick of it and like people just start like they don't even they don't even like that would catch it. You know, like that would have been cool if like they're just kind of in the thick of the chase. But then like maybe some people in the background like it's starting to happen. Like it doesn't happen as instantaneous. Like, yeah. There's a little bit more of like a like it. 
it catch mm-hmm. finally catches up to them at the end of it. I was, Sorry, that was I was implied yeah. with the Nick Fury. That would have been it's like some people started fading before other people kind of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, that would have been really cool. But so they're they're going back into the Scott's going back into the quantum realm and Janet Hope and Michael Douglas, Hank Pym are like monitoring it from the outside. He goes into the quantum realm and he's talking to them, and then all of a sudden he's like saying something. He's ready and to get pulled no out. He's answering. He's like, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's ready to get pulled out. He's like, guys. Uh, guys. Hello. And then it cuts to all three of them in ashes, and everyone's like, oh my god. There was a, I'm like, really? There was no a one fucking saw that coming. Like that was the. And he just went the snap, the snap, the snap, and he started leaving the theater. He's like, yeah, the snap, the snap. It's the snap. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was like him as he's like moving past people, and it's just he's like, like he couldn't handle it. I was just like, what is going on? What is your deal? Um, I like as soon as like I saw that this scene didn't really have a comic ending. I was like, like you know how you can kind of feel how a scene's going, especially a post credit scene. You're like, oh, is this a reveal? Is this like a tease for the next movie? Blah blah. blah. I was like, all right, this isn't really doing anything so i think this is where yeah. they're gonna reveal that like it was kind of obvious when it like wasp got snapped because they spent so much time making her awesome i i knew yeah but they're gonna all come yeah. back like that's the thing that's what's so annoying about this whole thing is like oh different yeah. Yeah. I, the the one thing i do like about it is that Paul Rudd's stuck in the quantum realm. Like, yeah. that's cool. I'm like, okay, how yeah, the fuck yeah, are you going to get him out? Uh, he's, he'll <laughs> that's what's cool about out. it. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, God. He stumb- Dude, he stumbles out. I think that that's what work. I... Because right before he gets sucked in, Michelle Pfeiffer says, like, watch out for time vortexes or something like that. I think, oh, I think shit, she's going to right. accidentally pop out. And there has been some set photos. People are starting to think that maybe... Avengers 4 might take place a couple years after Avengers 3. I would okay. love that. Where it's it's characters who have been yeah. living in this fucking universe where half of the population suddenly died for a couple of years. I don't think... I feel like that, as obvious as that sounds, like that's not the obvious thing. Like, show us that a little bit, where it's just like, this is kind of just the fucking norm. Like, just a weird yeah. like thing where it's like now Captain America is like even more cynical. Maybe Tony finally made it back from Titan. Who knows? Maybe he's still out there. No, yeah, it's Tony's him and Nebula stuck, by themselves. Stuck on Titan. I fucking uh, forgot about that. Oh man, that's coming out soon. I gotta I'm watch that. I gotta buy that shit. But, uh, the that would be fucking sweet. But I think I think Ant Man's gonna suddenly just pop out in a weird time and then maybe they'll be able to reverse engineer like going through time with him and I would love because Ant-Man and the Wasp were both supposed to be in Avengers 1 like initially that like, that was the hope and the initial like goalpost mm. that they wanted to hit and they obviously didn't make it in but like that would be great if it's like if they need to pull some of the other people throughout time like they need it's like okay well we lost well, they didn't lose anybody from the actual initial battle of New York, but it's like, we need this Hulk because we don't have a Hulk right now. So we need the Hulk. We need Loki or something like we need Loki or we need the other stones. Like what if they go through time 
in order to go get all of the Infinity Stones from, like, the various battles and stuff so that they have their own fucking Infinity Gauntlet. Like, sure. Why not? I, I don't fucking know. And it's an excuse to bring Peter Dinklage back to make a, hands are, uh, make a new golf. Make a new golf. My hands are fists. I'm the man with the iron fist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Dude. Oh, dude, that would be like he just I would love it because they can kind of play it for last too. He just pops up and there's just like a bunch of Chitari flying around. It's like, oh, oh, God, oh, what's <laughs> he happening? Does, it's like, he's never really been in a crazy no. battle. Like the biggest Civil thing he's War. been involved with is Civil War. So like he's just going to be like, I want oh, my to God, turn oh, into God, giant like, man <laughs> and grab one of Hulk. the big space whales by like the mouth and like spin it around into a building or something like that. Like something fucking cool. Like. Curl it yeah. into the Hudson River uh, or something. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty, yeah. <clears throat> Hurl it into the garden. With Sean, then it would be trash. But if anybody's going to do it, anybody's allowed to do it, it's our boy Paul Rudd. Friend of the show, Paul Rudd. Um, the. That would be. That oh, would be like, I, yeah, I do want to see Ant Man in one of the full scale battles. He gets eaten by one of the whales and then suddenly just <laughs> blows up real big. Yeah. He explodes Ugh. through it. Yeah. Oh, I oh, hated man. that. <laughs> he's like covered in like slime oh, and shit. He's like, Sorry. Oh, God. And he do- he's like, I got to go swim and get this off. He dives in the Hudson River, comes out still yeah, covered in like different slush. Like, oh, God. Because the Hudson River is fucking disgusting. Like, uh, old man Tony Stark. Because right? he. Robert Downey Jr. is in the Battle of New York pictures and he looks a little bit older. I don't know if that's just Robert Downey Jr. now or if they age him up a little bit. Who can say? Oh yeah, and that's yeah. I mean, he does. He did look a lot older in yeah. Infinity War. Like yeah. it just and as a person, like he, you know, I mean, he is like yeah, in his mid fifties. I think um, so. He's lived a life. Yeah. So, uh, he's allowed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he yeah, looks great. Con- all uh, things considered, but uh, yeah, yeah. I th- what I was hoping though was if this movie was just about building up the relationship between Ant Man and Wasp. If one of them is going to go in the snap, they needed to be together or it's they are both in one or both of them is in the quantum realm. And that's why they're not affected or because we don't know if it's he wasn't affected or he's just not in the 50 percent. But I would love. That's that's the question I wanted to ask you too. if because of him being in the quantum realm. It unbalanced things. He is the one survivor that like, like some, and somehow that makes him the, he makes it 50.0001%. 49. Like, and like, that is the thing that fucking like Thanos flips out about that. Like he's like perfectly bad. Like (laughs) some, and Scott, he's like, wait, what? (laughs) Like he doesn't know. Like he doesn't realize He's like, yeah. everything is perfect. Yeah, and then exactly. Scott's and like, like, hey. <laughs> that's the way to use the character, where he's best when he's in way over his head and somehow staying, keeping above water because he doesn't know shit about anything. It's the same, like Civil <laughs> yeah. War. He's just happy to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, oh, Captain America. Like, I know you. Great to meet you. You're great. He's just, yeah, he is happy <laughs> to be there. That's my favorite line when he says that to Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I know you. Yeah. You're great. And he just. <laughs> He's <laughs> Paul Rudd is just happy to be there, man. Um, yeah, I so the snap would in theory kill half of the water bears 
because they are technically Feige said in an interview so, recently, it's like plants, animals, everything. Plants is that's that's yeah. stupid. Yeah, that's, that's also just, just mean. That's just mean. Why you gotta do that like, to your CGI? Why you gotta kill plants, bro? Why you gotta do that? Yeah, all oh, they're they're all plants are like, kind of resources. I need um, to pull up my computer in real quick. So one second. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if he did all the plants and animals too, like that, it's too much. It's too mean. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but in terms of animals and life, like, technically, don't think the quantum realm is off limits because space and time. Well, they is say it, it exists in its own space and, and time, which he. Oh, yeah, I missed that in, like, the other million other jargon. That's that's the, that's the problem with this movie is, like, the shit that matters isn't... It's hard they, to pull out the shit the that actually matters from it, it, all that. It's apart from space and time, and then they say it again in this that's one. That's true. It's kind of like, okay, like, we get it. That's how he's going to survive. Like, it's not... It's it's just different rules, and it's, it's unclear... Uh, I think the Weekly Planet was talking about it, and they're like, it's unclear if it works... How is the Infinity Gauntlet a science fiction weapon or science fiction device, or is it a magic device? And that's where it kind of because if it's science, but I would love if that actually kind of exp- like because of like it's like well if he existed if he if somehow they need to answer that question somehow if he was supposed to to live or well, die they kind of snap. They kind of equate the Infinity Stones to like the uh-huh. Big Bang and yeah, they're, Guardians. They're six the first elements one? that have like when that were original, like before mm-hmm. the universe was created, uh, and then it was created, and then they got condensed into stones. Like I don't know. It's I think it's maybe it's both science and magic. Oh. Uh, Thor one. What is it from? Thor one. Basically, science is magic. Um, oh yeah, that that see ties in mm, a little bit. Yeah. Even even the quantum realm where they're at, it just looks like rainbow bridge energy, just like flying around. I'm like, that feels. Well, aesthetically, it mm-hmm. ties into a lot of shit. I think mm-hmm. Doctor Strange yeah. and yeah, Thor, <laughs> Annihilation, uh, Termination you know. Squad. Uh, yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything else to talk about? Oh, um, yeah, I, well, I, I, I think with the snap, I think things, it, I almost wanted a more devastating thing for Scott because he has a lot more personal connections. Um, Cassie would have been Cassie. brutal or hope where they're finally together or hope with her parent or one of her parents. Uh, she just gets her mother back and then suddenly she fades away into ash. Right out of the quantum realm, she heals Ghost, and then the snap happens, and suddenly Michelle Pfeiffer just fades. Like she heals her, and like she, Michelle Pfeiffer knows that she's gonna be okay, and she do- heals Ghost, and then suddenly fucking fades away into ash. 
wasp goes insane and tries to fucking kill ghost right after that. It's my mother. Yeah, yeah it's not her you fault. Can't, you can't make that work. That would have been insane, though. That uh, would be. Yeah. I thought reserving it for post credits was not I great, think though. Because post, 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 I don't know. Like, that's a kind of a significant plot point to leave in a post credit yeah. scene. And also, it could have really been a good twist for the actual movie if something like you said or I said happened where they're like, oh, everything's happy. The movie's over. And then, like, Scott turned, hey, Hope, did you ever? Yeah. Um, and then she's just like, gone. Uh, yeah. I think it could, it, it just. And he's like, it would have been worse if it was if he had somebody else with him. I think them coming back to a world yeah. that like had the snap happen, where I really just wanted to see more of the two of them because you in the movie they don't team up that much to fight. Like they do, but there's really not that much of it where it's like just the two of them kind of tag team and stuff. At it's really end. only that one sequence in the bank or the or the All end. Right. Or I was thinking the right. Walton that, Goggins. I think the one at the end where they're fighting ghosts near the end is the better one, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. But then you can also play it for laughs if you wanted to do it the way they did it. Paul Rudd comes back. It's like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like, He's who's Thanos? Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> fucking... Oh, Ruffles like, Thanos! You don't know Thanos! <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. He's he came. He killed but everybody. He, but Banner in the second one refuses to leave the whole cluster armor. So he's still just a weird. A weird I'm, I'm just, not leaving. I'm try not leaving. Out of here. I'm he's not just a leaving. weird disembodied head floating around some CGI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, like the idol. Yeah, some of that shit looked like worse than the rhino did. <laughs> I am the rhino. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, so how much of on cinema do you watch? On cinema at the cinema. Uh, On cinema. I'm taking it a no. It's Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington's review show. No. so. I've seen bits and pieces. Oh, Tim is so. fucking forgot. He's in so, the movie. Um, on Cinema, the Cinema is a is a YouTube review show. It is fucking great. You need to watch. You need to find a playlist that plays every episode of it in order, mixed with the Decker web series in order. It is oh, an insane, hyper detailed narrative and like fucking like world. It's so good. It, it's it. There's bits from on cinema that now overreach into real movies and stuff where they it's Greg Turkington. It's great. It's Tim's show on cinema at the cinema where he's the host and he always wants to have a special guest. But it's always Greg Turkington, who's basically his co-host. Greg is only ever wants to talk about movies, but he only likes movies that are on VHS. And uh, Tim is always trying to like get new revenue or talk about more like Eastern medicine and all this other shit. He's always trying to do something else more lucrative. But this show is just his like soapbox is like how it works. Kind of a couple uh, a couple years ago, there was a whole thing where it was Greg is in Ant Man and uh, Tim is in Fantastic Fantastic Four Stick. 
And it's there's a whole like it's now been a couple of years, but they still bring it up all the time. Now, Tim, Greg Turkington, has a, he, he's the manager at Baskin Robbins. Now, Tim is in fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I don't know what they're going to do about that to like bring it up where he's going to probably brag about it all the time and stuff like that. Like it's once that happened, I was the once he appeared on screen, I was the only person laughing in the theater and I was dying because I was just like. Holy shit, because I thought I saw him in the one trailer or something. I was fucking cracking up. And I. I, I, I laughed, too, but I just mm-hmm. did, I didn't have all that backstory to it all. But I was it's, just like, <laughs> it's Tim. Great. I was reading an interview where Peyton That's Reed was great. talking about something and he was saying Kevin Feige. He's like, Kevin Feige is a guy who like he knows every episode of on cinema like verbatim so like yeah if i bring up maybe we can get tim heidecker in it he's already like no do that like you know what i mean like which is that i was like that's cool that's actually really cool that that sounds like a good boss is what that sounds like yeah well that's like well i was talking about with my coworkers. kevin feige is the perfect person to run a, a universe like this because he's a nerd he understands film. He went to film school. He's not like no. a corporate fucking mm-hmm. suit. He just gets it. He understands. Which what is the thing. This want. is what people yeah. want. They want to see action. They want to see romance. They want to see pecs and abs. They, they want to see Kurt Russell having a good time. They want to see sky beams and CGI. That, that's, that's a new bit I'm working on where I just want to list what people like in movies and what they want to see. And I'm always going to list Kurt Russell having a good time. It's what you want to see in a movie. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah, he got to smash a real life museum guitar. <laughs> He's having a good time. Sky high. Yeah. And then he, and then until he wasn't having a good time. Yeah. And then he has some really terrible time at the end. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. He gets poisoned. Spoiler alert for Hayley. He gets fucking throwing up blood. It's very, it's very graphic. It's Tarantino, true. very on brand. Graphic, for Tarantino. graphic guy with a big old moon face. Uh, Did you? All right. I think. I'm sort yeah, of else. wrapping up. The Tim Heidecker thing. The Giant I'm Man good. stuff wasn't great, but we kind of saw most of the stuff he does as Giant Man in the trailer. He doesn't have anything to fight as Giant Man, which is whatever. Some of the jokes fell flat. It's yeah. fine. I think it's not the it's not my least favorite. It's it's not worse than Iron Man two. But no, absolutely not. Right now, I want to say bottom three. I don't know what my least favorite ones are. Uh, I like I like it better than Incredible Hulk. In I like it better three? than Ultron. I like it. Really, uh, Incredible Hulk probably more than fine. Yeah, it's not. I it's think my fine. Bottom it's ones fine. Are probably. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a um, while. I need to rewatch it. It's the worst Phase Three. Phase Three has been insane. Um. Strange. Yeah, that's definitely uh, true. Guardians I'd, I'd agree with that. Spider-Man, Thor, uh, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Something was going to break that streak. It's fine. You know? Yeah. It's better that than fucking Avengers Endgame, which might be the actual right title. There, right? Predicted that. 
someone said that they're like they're. I think it's just going to be called might be Four Avengers. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Stylized day Four Avengers. <laughs> Four Avengers. Four Avengers. Endgame. Um. Yeah. Fuck that. Um. What? Guess what? Oh, what's PJ up to, Sean? PJ's Sean, up to let something. Let me ask you a question, Sean. Let me ask you a question. PJ, hey, what's PJ up to? So we do a, a segment every now and then about what PJ Peter Jackson, director of uh, such films as The Hobbit, The Lovely Bones, King Kong. I'm just kidding. He directed the Lord of the Rings. Those are the only movie. The, Meet love, the, the Feebles. The only movies that matter. Frighteners is awesome. Frighteners is actually pretty good. Frighteners is good. Dead Alive, um, so which we watched together, we which watched was great. Um, he directed Lord of the Rings. That's the only the, the only movies Dang. that matter in my life. Uh, if every movie got Thanos snapped into uh, nothing, uh, as long as I had the trilogy, that's it's, all I would it, care all about. All of them. Um, the only one that's gonna it would be fifty percent. So you would get you would lose. Unexpected journey. Battle of Five Armies and the Two Towers. Perfectly balanced, Sean. Deal with it. <laughs> you, you lose two towers, Fuck but you get no. Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> I don't want the Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> Nobody wants Battle of Five Armies. Nobody wants that. Um, so Peter Jackson, I just saw a thing on Reddit. He's restoring World War One footage, and he's making a new documentary about it with... Uh, voiceover narration slash I think it's mostly interview footage from like the 60s and 80s through the 80s of World War One veterans. Um, it looks so good. And the footage is incredible. Um, it's like it looks like it was shot. I mean, yeah, it's still black and white, but it looks like it was shot yesterday. Like it's insane how I don't know how mm. they did it. I don't know. It's a Weta thing, I'm assuming. Um and like that, I, that also could usher in a whole new realm of, r- like, restoring old movies. Restoring like, a lot. Why more not? Than just you know, old, like movies, but like any war documentary footage or anything like that. Like, whatever process it is, and like, I'm curious if they just kind of digitally recreated everything. It's. That's like, yeah, just build kind of it all on the computer. Yeah, kind of scan it and re CGI it or CGI. something. I, I'm curious how that process worked, but like a rotos, yeah, like, kind of something like, like that. CGI like, rotoscoping. I'm curious how all that worked, but like it is incredible where it's like to see footage like that where it's like it looks they stabilized mm, it yeah. and like <sighs> wow. I, I highly recommend yeah, checking that out. It's Maybe we'll post it on our Facebook talk page, about, but I just think it's cool that. Yeah he's yeah. doing something that's probably important to him and like more of a yeah cause like it seems like he really he cares about to, it you know what I mean like he does that's something like he doesn't have to do yeah he can do he doesn't do anything dude he doesn't have to do anything he made fucking 150 million dollars off of Lord of the Rings yeah. dude like he was set he almost a while got ago. broken from the Hobbit but yeah. should it King Kong too it just seems like his movies are getting like his, the productions are getting more and he more did. taxing. He was on looking him. real like, good at so the end of Return of the King in the last, and now, yeah, 
Or right. he he lost all the weight in like King Kong, and then he gained it back. I guess he most of it, and he just looks old. That as video fuck. Like he does not look good, and it did not appear that he was really doing anything. Yeah, mm. he just yeah. always looks tired and like. Yeah, I I kind of hope he's like kind of taking a step back from making. Do what George Lucas said that he was going to do. Just go and make shit in your garage, and he's like, I'm just going to go do micro budget stuff that I. Yeah. If other people aren't interested, I don't care. I don't have to do this for anybody. Want to do? Yeah. Like he's got George Lucas mm-hmm. has more money than God. He just needs to fucking do what he wants to do and like you know what yeah. if that's what makes you happy why not minute. like that's i think do that's like think a George big Lucas thing that people overlook is like that remake of the last jedi what if he's fan remaking it <laughs> you see seth rogan i'll send you the tweets i'll screenshot him seth rogan just ripped him apart because they were he like directly talked to the person that's running that be. twitter account and he's like he's like dude who are you like he's like oh it's star wars they'll give us money i'm like yeah you think disney's just gonna let you make a fucking star wars movie dude like they're gonna sue the shit out of you you moron he's like oh well we'll just get investors to like give us money and he's like no no one's gonna do that like you're fucking insane like you don't know you don't understand how our industry works He's like, well, Disney fronts. He's like, dude, Disney doesn't front the money for Star Wars movies. They have investors like fucking the secretary of the treasury right now was the guy who financed like Wonder Woman and shit. Mm. He like he was like an executive producer. Do you know yeah. that? Yeah. He, Stephen yeah, Munchen or like a Munchen bunch of looks like a Bond villain. He's he's. He funded Jupiter. Mostly Warner Brothers. I remember seeing that in like yeah. one of the like um, one of the news stories or something. Like I think I looked at his IMDb. It'd be so funny if they like yeah. only reference the bad movies he's done, um, <laughs> which is a, a, a lot of them. But that's like it's so funny though. Like it's like really, dude. Like it's it's funny watching people that think they understand how the industry yeah. works try to do shit under their yeah, understanding of it. It's like, dude, you have no idea like what's going on, but. Yeah, I th- I like that George Lucas is just kind of like he making said he wanted to do experimental shit in his garage. Release. And well, he could he might be doing them and just not showing anybody. You yeah. know, like he's probably just screening them at Skywalker Ranch and just showing people that he wants to see, like fucking <laughs> Ron Howard or whoever. Steven. I don't know. Steven. Um, and it Steven. does seem like PJ is like into this. Steven, you want to watch my new uh, THX one one three nine? It's the sequel to Steven, THX one one three eight. I made a new claymation. There's uh, it's like Ben Wyatt and Parks and Rec. <laughs> I'm I'm re I'm yeah. <laughs> the cones of Dunshire. Right. Uh, no, his, his he's making board games. <laughs> Stand in. Uh, it's the funniest. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I spent like a whole week. Oh, spent like a whole I week animating this. And it, it's just a guy standing up right as the song goes. Standing. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
Yeah, I I really appreciate like because that's what I would do like there, and that's what's frustrating about being someone like a George Lucas or just being an actor or someone that creates art that is generally well received by the masses is like. Yeah, they probably wanted to do it at a certain point, but it's like any human being. They don't want to work the rest of their lives, you know? Like, they, there are very few people that genuinely want to be working until they die Um, to the capacity that they were when they were making Star Wars and Lord of the Rings or whatever. It's like, it's the same thing. It's like, they probably want to retire. That's so fucking tack. You can't do that again, and people expected him to do that again. And, we all saw how it turned out. Like, yeah. Yeah. He already accomplished one of the most impressive mm-hmm. cinematic achievements ever. Yeah. yeah. Why would you want him to do that again? <laughs> like, what it, makes you think that that would really, ever really happen didn't. again? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was the Star Wars of our generation. Yeah. Like, yeah. hands down. But at the same time, he couldn't have done a lot of those things without Phantom Menace existing. So we got to give Phantom Menace credit where credit's due. I stayed. said to somebody Gollum doesn't exist without Jar Jar Binks. I was driving our, our big yellow van back from the airport, and somebody was driving like an idiot in front of me around the neighborhood near my office, and I, need, I was just so tired. And they were slowing down, and I, I said, I was like, I will bear down on you like Sebulba, motherfucker. <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? In the pod race, right? When he's when he's right behind little Annie, right? Little Annie, Annie! Holy shit! Little, little Annie! Was, was that Watto? Is Watto here in the studio with us? You can't do that. Is that? Legal? <laughs> Is that? God damn it. Legal. <laughs> but her Lord Sidious said. Hey, we didn't invent the characters, okay? <laughs> I remember in theaters, I applauded so hard when Newt Gunner <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I'm surprised Newt they made it that he's far. He's one in the of trilogy. the one characters who's um, in all three of the prequels. Like, who's a prequel character. Yeah, he made it. He made it pretty much till the end. And he like, survived and like, Order 66 until the very end. And then, like... <laughs> got out one more quotable line before he bit the dust. Uh, somebody shoot her! <laughs> I'm done. I need to... Stop. Uh, yeah. Can we shoot her or something? Yeah, right? Isn't that what he says? Like? I'm... I... <laughs> It's so wrong, but I, I really love new memory quotes because it's so offensive. It's so bad. I am a terrible person. I am a terrible person. I apologize to it everybody. Is, it is. Oh, I mean, I mean, no, it's not like we no, were the ones that created no. it or acted it or wrote it. it. We're just we're just referencing it and that in fact that it exists. Not. We're not we're not saying it's good. It's extremely great. In fact, we're saying the opposite. Um, <laughs> Newt Gunray is a better character than Luke Skywalker. Okay. I'm sure a lot of They're people so fucking stupid. think that I'd at so, this point, unfortunately. 
I I do yeah. think time is going to be good uh, to the Last I, Jedi. I really do. And but people the didn't love thing Empire, like, dude. We're gonna get nine is came gonna out. be so much like Jedi, where it's like now Lando's back and it's J.J. Abrams is gonna finish it all. It's like with partially using the Colin Trevorrow yeah, script. I that's, think it's like what. <laughs> You're going to use what? I just saw the book of Henry. No. <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah. Oh, I got to. That was the other thing I needed. Oh, to I do. had to watch that. No. Yeah. We just did a live episode for it. I need to edit. Did the you audio, make a case so for that? I meant to do that, but instead we started doing this. So whatever. This ended up only taking an hour and a half longer Wah. than I thought it was going um, to. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um. Yeah. What? There's one more thing I wanted to mention. We did what's PJ up to? Mm-hmm. We did trailers. We did movie news. We obviously did Ant Man. What are we gonna talk about? I'm going home, um, but I could take my mic home. I am for like going a week. to be working nonstop this week and see well, some we'll movies. We'll figure out what we're doing. I think a Mission Impossible recap would be a great. Next one, because I don't. Skyscraper came out this weekend. I don't know what comes out next weekend. And then, yeah, if I, I want to do if the I, sorry for bothering you too, if we can. Maybe we'll do like that in the skyscraper just, combined. I just bought like, all five of them on Amazon. Good, <laughs> stupid, but maybe. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. rent some of them couple, for the flight. Yeah, I got a couple flights coming up. So and watch like two of them on the flight. That's why I got them. But I was also just like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't, these are Maybe all that's good. what I'll do. As we'll have these around. I, dude, I haven't fucking mm-hmm. seen the first one in years. That's insane. That's Second insane. one is probably uh, the one I I've seen the most because it's it ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I. Like it? It's so weird. That's, it's it's nothing yeah. like any of the well, other ones because it was John Woo. Fallout is going to be the first one where yeah, they, it makes um, total sense. Kept a director. Every single one's been a different director who lends their different style and voice. Like that's the cool thing with the franchise. But I think we can save this. I I think if we both end up rewatching mm-hmm. all of them because I'm quietly very excited. I'm quietly really excited for six. I plan on it. Um, I I plan on so it. So I think yeah. if we get them done in time, yeah. I just want to see if that mustache is fucking like worth it. You, really, you, that's you're leaning in, kind of my quietly talking about Campbell's mustache motivation. Um, oh man, I want to shave it off his face and make him fucking be <laughs> Superman again. He should have just correctly. Kept it. Um, oh god, um, fucking insane. That's so insane, though. That that's still insane. I would love that. That's such a ho- that's such a fucking typical Hollywood story too. Like I, that would fucking happen. I feel it, but it's also just indicative. I'm not of how surprised much that that happened. Justice League was where it's just like it's now fucking up other movies. Where it's like, oh, you need to go fix the mess that you guys made. Like, no, <laughs> fuck off with that. Like, no one liked the last one at all. Yeah, fuck off. Like, I think Christopher McQuarrie seems like the kind of guy who yeah. just kind of like no, and just kind of like. Like, well, he also probably, probably had a was, pretty strict contract about his mustache. Like, no. I, I am. Well, no, 
No, my he point probably is didn't like, even have to say that, but he probably did. It. Yeah, I know what you mean. He probably came to him and were like, look, this is what we need. Like, is he Superman? He's the face yeah. of the No. And like, everyone's like, right, what do you mean, no? No. They offered to pay to CGI his mustache on for Mission Impossible. That's how, like. But the whole thing with the Mission Impossible. They were begging like, to ask him to shave. Practical. Everything's practical. Like, no. I, 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 Macquarie from like a yeah. couple of interviews yeah. and stuff that I've read about him and just the way that he's made the lot is he's only, I've only, I think he's only directed Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible five and now six. He just kind of has that, like even his movies have that vibe. I'm just kind of like, no, <laughs> I do that. yeah, there's no bullshit. Jack Reacher is a zero bullshit. <laughs> no movie, bullshit. Except for yeah. fucking, uh, Werner Herzog making that guy eat his fingers, and it's my favorite. Um, anyway, uh, let's wrap this up because I gotta go uh, do some <laughs> stuff. So, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We're gonna be back probably, hopefully soon. Yeah. I'm gonna see if I can fit my mic into my carry-on. Yeah. If not, I'll just do it from my laptop. It'll be shitty audio, but. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to get something. I'm going to try to see movies when I'm home cause I'm going to be with family Good most call. of it. And I'm going to try to not be with family <laughs> for most again? of it. This is more of a wink after. Okay. Only like okay. F- five days, six yeah, days. I'm gone most of the next. It's two, not, it's not even so. a full week. Ooh. Yeah. We'll see. We'll talk. So maybe anyway, we'll catch back up after thanks that. Thanks for listening. Like, rate, subscri- subscribe, subscribe, like, share, all that all right. shit. At Sean and Andrew talk about movies on Instagram at Sean underscore and underscore Andrew on Twitter and find us on Facebook. Sean and Andrew talk about movies or something. If you don't want to just do blockbusters, like hey, sure, <laughs> motherfuckers, chime chime the fuck in. Um, we wanna we wanna branch out. We wanna mm-hmm. do more of these if we can fit them in. Um, and we want to be a little more diverse and also yeah. Yeah. have more people listen. I'm down. I think that's the best way to do it. Fucking A, bro. Fucking A. Right. Peace, dogs. Peace, Bye. everybody. Thanks for listening.